Hey, everybody, this is Downtown Bruno, and you're listening to Live and In Color with Wolfie D. It's like Mama says, it bees that way sometimes. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and In Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Once again, live and in color with Wolfie D. Jimmy across the street. What Thanks up? Tuning in. And uh, what's going on, my dude? Not much, brother. Just, you know, doing the thing. Trying. The thing. <laughs> what exactly is the thing? <laughs> I don't know anymore, man. I, I was going to say chiseling like a vizilling, but I already ran that one out. So, okay. you know. I have to come up with something. Just existing, you know, just existing. Making it day by day. Yeah, I'm riding the marble in the sky. You know what I mean? (laughs) All right. I don't know what that means. I'm on a magic carpet ride. There you go. There you go. I like it. You know, we had a great show last week, man. A lot of people are are tuning in for that. When Gangrel turned it up, man, I love that show. So a lot of fun. And he's one of the coolest dudes, man, uh, that I've met in my wrestling uh, career. I, I really like him as a person, man. He seems like a guy that you would like as a person. That's that's actually the cool people would gravitate to, you know, to him. Oh, yeah. So that's awesome. You know, there's kind of a sadness. We lost a, a we, our listener, Bob Daniels. He uh-huh. lost his wife, Wendy Daniels. So uh-huh. uh, it was it was a week or two ago from now that this show is dropping. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to give a condolences to Bob. You know, Yeah, that's terrible. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, great listener of the show. Thank you always for supporting us, sharing our stuff, you know, listening every week and sending in questions and just being an overall supporter of the Wolfie D podcast. So we definitely, we hope that you have peace, brother. I'm definitely sorry to hear about it. Yeah, so that'll be uh, kind of a rough thing to get through, I would imagine. And uh, yeah, I hope all the other listeners will send uh, send their prayers or good vibes or whatever it is you do uh, to Bob. Uh, we appreciate him. And that's a tough spot for any human being to have to go through. So absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I know I kind of took it down there, but man, things have been going good for, for the show. You know, I'm feeling confident with, with everything that's going on. We've had some great guests, mm-hmm. you know, Ronnie Garvin. And I want to say this y'all, and you, nobody brought it up. <laughs> but, th- but thank y'all for putting up with that show. Now that show, the, the interview was great, but unfortunately yeah. when we recorded it, Ronnie was on <laughs> probably like a 1990s cordless phone or something. It's all I can <laughs> assume. Not positive. We think that's the, yeah. Yeah. That's and, and, of the little chirpy chirps. Yeah. So, you know, and, and Wolfie and I both knew about it immediately too. That's the thing. Cause at the end of the call, you were like, bro, man, what was that? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> it's not good. I don't think so. I think there was something to do with feedback, whether one of them was on speakerphone or one of them wasn't. And, you know, it was something we had never tried before. And, and George actually kind of, you know, spearheaded that for us. So again, thank you, George. I think the, the interview was too good for me to scrap it, even though in the middle of editing it, I thought about it. <laughs> I was like, this is just too bad. But 
hey, y'all turned out in droves for it. Listen to it. You apparently you can deal with it. You know, I've just heard it many times now since editing and recording and all that. So but we apologize for that. We will try to work around things like that in the future. But this was just, you know, I mean, we're almost 100 episodes in and and still a learning experience. Right. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, you you do a great job. I know you it it sounded a lot better than it did originally. I know you worked on it and tried to fix some of it as best you could. And I don't think you you understand the amount of work you put into to these shows and everything. But uh, I'm sure. Yeah. And thank you, brother. I appreciate that. But nobody said anything. You know, my brother did, but <laughs> my brother's gonna because yeah. he's. I count on him for that, just like I count on you for that real thing. You know, because yeah. sometimes you need that. You know, if you want to, you know, iron sharpens iron. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, my brother was like, "What is that feat? What is that? Is that on my side?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> It's not. We know about it. <laughs> but anyway, thank y'all for listening to that. And also thank you for listening to Gangrel, which was smooth as a button. We just, you know, we didn't get Gangrel as long as we would have liked. But, you know, when we hung up, Wolfie, what did I say to you? I said, man, I, I felt good about that. Like, we yeah. really trimmed the fat, you know? Yeah. And, and it didn't get a, We didn't get a chance to ask a question that didn't really land. Everything landed, and it was yeah. good, man. You know, I hope we, y'all enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. I know I did. I did. Like I said, I, I love that dude, man. Uh, yeah. But anyway, another dude that I love is coming up here. I hadn't, man, hadn't talked to him in, in quite some time and uh, made yeah. contact with him um, a few weeks ago after years of not talking to him, not because I didn't like him, but we just kind of lost contact. It's one of those, one of those things that happens in the wrestling business, but we got downtown Bruno coming up. I love it. Yeah. What a, I mean, just such a good dude, man. Like, extremely good dude. You know, I got his number before we do this interview because I need to have it. So I sent him a text. And man, he's just like so nice. He's just like, hey, brother, how you doing? You know, just like, just like a friend. And, And he's just one of those good dudes. And I think that's what's led to his continued, you know, success in this business. You know, sometimes the nice guys do you know, get, get, get there too, you know? So anyway, I think Bruno is, if you take anything from Bruno, I think that nice guys do finish first sometimes. So, you know, yeah. Anyway, well, we'll, you want to talk to him? Let's get him on the line here. Let's get him on the line. All right. We'll be right back after what Wolfie D these messages. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Be right back. Hey, folks, to get your official Live and in Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, folks, we are back. And as promised, we have uh, another person that I met 
man, in my early days in the wrestling business, not when I very first started in the Outlaws, but when I got my break in Memphis, uh, this uh, great uh, manager was around. He's also a great referee and some things I didn't know. He actually wrestled uh, in his earlier days. And we'll talk about some of that later. But I want to introduce everybody to one of the coolest dudes in the wrestling business and known him for a long time, downtown Bruno. Thanks for joining us. Man, I'm so happy to to uh, be on this uh, broadcast with y'all. I've heard nothing but great things about it. Um, actually, I did a, a podcast uh, two weeks ago uh, uh-huh. with a guy named John McCall. Uh, he goes by Mayor McCall. It's called uh, Wrestle Talk. Yeah, with, uh, Mayor McCall, and it's a great, yeah, we- great uh, podcast. And uh-huh. they're the ones that told me that man. If you can do Wolfie D and Jimmy Streets, it'll be great. They said that y'all were great guys, which I know Wolfie is. I've known him for 25 or more years. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I mean, yeah. they just really, uh, Mayor McCall, that's, you know, it's his nickname. He's not the mayor of nothing, but, you know, it's his nickname. <laughs> mayor McCall yeah. said it, y'all had a great uh, podcast. So that's why, you know, I did theirs and I'm doing y'all's. Anytime there's a good uh, recommendation for somebody, by God, I'm happy to help out. Thank, thank you. you. And yeah. thank you. Thank you. Man, thank they you. are great guys. And I highly recommend them to all of our listeners. I was going to do that, but Bruno, you did the heavy lifting for me, brother. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, cool. Then. All right. Thanks. Have a good night. Goodbye. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, awesome. man, you know, it's something that I didn't know about you, man. Like I said a minute ago, I didn't really know that, uh, like, you know, as a kid growing up in Nashville and watching Memphis wrestling, the first time I ever saw you was on Memphis TV as a manager. And, and I didn't right. know that there was a before that where you actually wrestled, like uh, uh, Jonathan Boyd helped you out and stuff like that up in Pittsburgh. So you you were like a wrestler at first instead of a manager? Well, I did some wrestling, but it was always with uh, with yeah. uh, midgets or a girl. You know what I mean? I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Thank God. Um, yeah, I started out in, in, uh, in, uh, 79, which uh-huh. was, uh, which is funny. They just did a thing for me April 8th uh-huh. at the, in Dyersburg pro wrestling mid South. Cause literally April 8th, 1979 was my first day in the business. Yeah. I, and, I, I had no idea. It was my 44th anniversary. Yeah. So, uh, awesome. so yeah, I wrestled some and I managed and I, I, I did whatever. And there was no plan B for me. Once I committed, this is what I'm going to do. I had to do whatever was, uh, necessary to maintain my living in the business and, and luckily i i worked hard at it i ain't gonna it yeah. luck, but, I, but i've been very fortunate that yeah. i've always been able to make a living at my chosen profession but yeah started yeah jonathan boyd helped me out when i was when i was getting getting rolling dale man out of kentucky dale great man. Guy to help me out yes great guy yeah I, I i don't think he's with us anymore and i hate that no, um, I so. he was really good to me and then uh i got my first break in the business from Rocky Johnson and oh. who I'm very close with. And then I got my big break from Lawler and everything went from there. So there's, yeah. there's a lot of people that I owe a lot to. That's awesome. Let me ask you how that worked out. How did you meet Lawler and how did it, how did that start? How did you get to Memphis? Okay. Here's the deal on that. <laughs> uh, I was working in Kansas city for the NWA, Bob Geichel's uh, Central States wrestling yeah. in 1986. Two, I think it was. And Rocky Johnson was there. He mm-hmm. came in and I was just refereeing at the time mm-hmm. and putting up the ring and taking it down or whatever. Yeah. And anybody that knows me knows that, you know, I'm not shy in any kind of way. And I'm always <laughs> having fun. I'm joking with people and laughing and cutting up and everything. Oh yeah. And Rocky said, 
told Bob Geigel I should be a manager. He said, man, be, this guy would be a great manager. You look at him, he's a little bitty guy. He can, he can run around. He can, he, he can talk his ass off. You know, make him a manager. So Bob yeah. Geigel, great guy. God bless him. He's not with us anymore either. And I'm not putting him down yeah. in any way because I love right. him. But yeah. he was old school, old time. As a manager, he didn't want me to be like Jimmy Hart or whatever. He wanted me to stand in the corner with a suit on. And, uh-huh. you know, make the interviews. And then if I was involved in something, go over to the ring, put the guy or whatever, and go back and sit down or stand there. And yeah. it just it didn't use me the way that, you know, I knew I was. The potential. Enough to, yeah. yeah, potential. So Rocky said, why don't you come to Hawaii? And I said, really? He goes, yeah, we got a territory over there. Uh, Peter Maivia, Leah Maivia, you know, me. And he goes, why don't we bring you to Hawaii? Let you manage. You can do your thing over there. Yeah. And so. This is somewhere in 82. Well, 83, I wound up in Hawaii and I was managing and doing what, you know, like I've always done, running around the ring, tripping the guys, just that and the other. And then there was a big show at the Aloha Stadium and and, uh, they brought Lawler in. Mm -hmm. And we were doing the TV at the NBC Center, Neil Bladesell Convention Center in Honolulu. Mm -hmm. And Lawler seen me out there managing some some people and he thought I was doing a great job. So he asked, Rocky and Lars Anderson, who was doing the book, and mm-hmm. if I could manage him. And they mm-hmm. said, well, sure, if you want him to manage you. And Lalo loved the way I managed him. Yeah. He said, shit. He goes, he goes, well, he goes, we'd love to have you in Memphis. He goes, the problem yeah. is we got Jimmy Hart, and, yeah. you know, we don't we don't need two uh, guys of the same, you know, right. gimmick or whatever. Yeah. So, long story short, when Hart left to go to WWF, mm-hmm. the, the spot was there. There we go. the up. spot, and... That was it, and that was the, that was my break. And that yeah. was what year? What year was that when you first started Memphis? First started Memphis. I'm the world's worst at th- these things on that. It, yeah. It's probably eighty four, eighty five. Yeah. But so you were part wrong, of the. You were part of the deal when they had, and I've I've heard these from Jamie because obviously I wasn't there and he was not really wrestling at that point or whatever. But were you a part of the the bus rides from from Memphis to Texas? No, I never went. No, oh. no, I, I never was one of the ones that went to Texas. I never went, not one time. What they uh, would do is when when the, the, a lot of the guys would go to Texas mm-hmm. for the world class or whatever it was at the time, right, or I right. guess it was USWA by then. No, yeah. they would have a, like Buddy Wayne or Eddie Marlin or somebody would have mm-hmm. a show in Jonesboro or Blavel, you know, whatever. And yeah. It would be like the local guys that would I got you. not go. For example, me, Don Bass, King Cobra, Ken Wayne, uh, yep. you know, whoever, the guys that didn't to go down there. Because World Class or USWA, whatever it was, I already had their managers. I think it was Percy Pringle might have been still there before he went to yeah, that makes events, sense. You know, yeah. So, I, I, I was just hoping to, to get some shenanigans out of you, like, because I just heard the stories of the bus rides down there. <laughs> so I was hoping you'd have a good shenanigan story for me or something. No, I never was on the, on the bus ride. And, and and it's funny. I was talking to Lawler about it yeah. one time about about the bus ride. And he says, Bruno, he goes, I don't want to drive ride eight hours or ten hours round trip on a bus with yeah. twenty people I like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <man. laughs> 
Yeah, so I wish I could help you on that. No, I never made those. Oh, that's good. Those, uh, so let me ask you this, man, because we, we ask the guests this sometimes. and it, it, you, I want to know your honest opinion. When you first saw me and Jamie coming to Memphis, because I know there were some people that thought Jerry Jarrett had lost his mind by hiring us. <laughs> so when we first come in with that gimmick, what was your first impression? Well, I mean, all bullshit aside, I'm not going to bullshit you. No, um, please don't. I, I, <laughs> I honestly, I I took the wait and see attitude. I knew Jamie was was Jamie, and anybody knows. <laughs> knows right. I don't have to explain that any further. Right. I, mean, I had his it's, very first yeah. match ever. Right. You know, I, yeah. I put him over in his first match. You know, <laughs> and and you know, thing about Jamie is, yeah, he can be uh, uh, abrasive sometimes. He can be disruptive sometimes. We've yeah. all grown up, and. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm not getting. The, I'm not avoiding the question. I just want to throw this, and I'm going to go back to what you asked. Yeah, I got to see Jamie last month, which is what hooked us back together, you and me. Because yeah, when I seen him in Bible, um, right? You know, me and him have had our ups and downs. We had problems over women and different bullshit over the years. Yeah. You know, but yeah. that's all water underneath the bridge. We we and we hugged and got along like the greatest thing in the world when we see each other, which was great. So, yeah. but getting back to that, I knew Jamie was. I mean, and he'll tell you this himself, I'm sure. And I say, putting him down. He's, he's no Shawn Michaels. You know, he's no uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's a ring. But yeah. he had a way to get over, you know, yeah. once he became himself instead of being out there try, with the, like when he first wrestled me when he was with, you know, the, the V-neck sweater and trying to be the, you know, the, the dirt nerdy guy. That didn't work. Yeah, now, right, right. With you, Wolf, I never met you before that. So right. I, I took a wait and see. And yeah. Once again, I'm not kissing your ass enough, but I'm being truthful. I, I realized that you are really an above average worker. And I really feel like that, uh, thankfully, you know, you were there for the team. And, and, and y'all did draw good money in Memphis. So I had zero yeah. complaints about y'all. I mean, I had a lot of complaints about Jamie when we were having <laughs> issues over stuff. But I mean, I can honestly say that, and, uh, uh, Jimmy, uh, this, this is true too. And Wolfie will tell you, but Wolfie and me never one time had a crossword ever. No, no. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely so, not. So yeah, I believe me. It's not like certain people, and I'm not going to mention names. The one thing about me when I do these podcasts and stuff, I don't knock nobody. You know, I yeah, if it's somebody yeah, we're not, like, yeah. yeah, but we're not like that either. That, yeah. 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 But there's certain people that I would say, that, you know, like we were just, in a bar somewhere talking or whatever, I'd say, oh, right. that's sorry, whatever. Um, <laughs> there was people that walked in. I said, what, what is wrong? Why are they using this guy? You know, and I don't yeah. like to talk bad about nobody. Therefore, I'm not going to talk about Eric Embry. <laughs> that's funny man i seen him in philadelphia a few weeks ago and like i never met the guy in my life uh jamie good for you you're I, lucky <laughs> <laughs> i just looked over there and i'm like jamie is that uh is that eric Embry? and man he he did kind of look kind of rough but i mean I guess he's old now but at any rate i would i would like to tell you we're talking about you know when we first came in this was early 90s got our first break and well my first break in, in memphis and your boy the brooklyn brawler had come in for right. something and uh steve and and me had went out and we ended up staying at the bar longer than i think it was me jamie you remember mike anthony mike lazanski yeah I, I think he's dead now ain't he? yeah he, he passed away uh shoot i can't it's been some years now but anyway uh you remember we we used to stay at the super eight in memphis and right. uh, 
this was the deal that screwed that deal up. <laughs> so uh, me and Lombardi, we go to the bar, whatnot. And so we're coming back and the guys are passed out in the room asleep. Nobody's answering the door. We don't have a key. Fuck, Lombardi kicks the fucking door in, bro. And I don't know if you remember those doors, but those were some big ass doors. Well, the next morning we get back from TV. We go to TV, we get back and all of our stuff that we had in the room was in garbage bags out front. And then Super 8 had called the the, uh, TV station and Lombardi tried to pin it on me. And Lawler calls me in there and says, he says, and 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 this was like, I guess it was later in the day or maybe the next day, something like that. Lombardi's gone. Okay. But he had told me, yeah, he said, you did it. I said, and this, you remember how little we were back then? I just looked at him. I said, uh, King, do I look like I could kick one of them doors in? <laughs> that's when he realized. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's when he realized it was not me. So that, <laughs> that got the heat off of me. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that. Because, well, you know, I never stayed there. Because yeah. I lived in right, house. right. So I didn't know what else. But oh my god! Well, hey, Steve's a great guy, and, he and you know, it just—it just. Uh, hey, we were all young back then. We all did. It was all wild. Believe me, we all did stupid wilds. If I could take back half the sh- stuff I did when I was younger, I'd be a better, better person. But then again, you got to bring some to get some. You know, you yeah. take them off like a cabbage, all head, no rear. exactly there you go i like that yeah all right so i always say this to wolfie d i'll say if you were to draw a professional wrestler it would look like sid tell me about the first time you met him i'd love to hear some lord humongous stories well yeah let me tell you well i mean when i first met him he was working memphis part-time because he was still very green to the business but as you said if you could you know the prototype of a professional wrestler would be sid without a doubt you know Um, yeah but anyway, you know, I, I met him. He was a good guy. You know, he he worked a little part time in Memphis. Never really two full time. Sometimes he'd make the loop a few times, but nothing. You yeah. know, on a regular basis. Yeah, but anyway, I was having another run in Kansas City. I went back there, and by this time, I was allowed to do a little bit more than I did before. I'd been in the business like eight years or nine years by this time, so I thought I knew everybody. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, Robert Fuller. Uh, was in touch with me wanting me to come to Alabama continental, which was a great territory back then. And the, uh, this was 1986, I believe. And he says, Bruno, we want to do that Lord humongous gimmick, uh, again. He goes, but we, we don't have a guy that, you know, that size and that, and that, uh, that look, we got, you go, do you know a guy that would fit the bill? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, but I don't know how to reach it. Now bear in mind, this is 38 years ago or whatever. Yeah. I'm yeah, worse yeah. on mass. There was no cell phones back then. There was no yeah. internet. There was no way to, you know, track somebody. So I just remembered that, that, uh, Sid worked construction for a guy named Bobby Jones up in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And I knew that Sid's father-in-law, uh, at that time, he's, you know, passed away now, of course, years ago, but I, he had a car lot in West Memphis. Mm-hmm. So I just started doing detective work. I called Bobby Estes. That was his father-in-law's name. And asked him if he knew how to get a hold of Sid. And, you know, and this is no weird thing. He didn't have no phone at his house at that time. Right. But that don't, don't mean he's poor or whatever. Back yeah. then, everybody didn't have phones. It was just yeah, different right. back True. then. True. Yeah. Right. So anyway, long story short, you know, between the father-in-law and the, the construction guy, and, and I, I finally got left my phone number. Well, I was staying at like a rent by the week place in Kansas City. You know, I wasn't going to live there for right. my life. You know, so anyway... Uh, he finally called me. I said, man, uh, 
are you interested in going in the business full time? He goes, where is there in Kansas city? I said, no, Alabama. And I, you know, I told him the whole deal mm-hmm. and he went and had a nice uh, leather outfit made, not the outfit, but, you know, they have those straps yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the hockey mask is he bought it at, you know, sporting goods, a place, yeah. whatever. And, uh, you know, Robert Ford, he said, Bruno, don't you bring me some slob. I said, Robert, this guy here, he, believe me, he's not a slob. He's built like a you know, brick shit house, you know. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. He said, okay. So that's when I first got to know and see it. We went to, we started in Continental, uh, I think it was 1986, if I'm mistaken. And we uh, yeah. worked the, uh, the first program we worked, which is, you know, that Sid was on the job training. And he'll right. be the first to tell you, he was green as, as pepper tree back then. So they put him in a, in a uh, uh, long program with Danny Davis, who, Wolfie, I know you know very well. Oh, yeah. I talk about him quite often on here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So uh, here's what we did. Every single night, everywhere we went. I mean, not at the regular towns, you know, not Birmingham, Montgomery, Dothan, whatever, but mm. like all the spot shows, whatever, the match was the same. Danny Davis would be there in, in the ring and they introduced him, they introduced Sid, you know, Lord Humongous, introduced mm. me. And, you know, I'm a little bit heavy now, you know, and whatever, but back then I was skinny <laughs> as a rail, you know, yeah. so it got over when I would take my shirt off. See, now I just look like a normal. I mean, I don't have any kids, but I'm just saying I've got the dad. The bond, dad. You know bond. what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> but back then, I was I was so skinny, I looked like an Ethiopian. So um, I would take my shirt off, and like, as soon as I started pulling it off, people would start popping, and I'd put it back on. I'd get, quit doing that. Blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> I would say, Danny Davis, you're not even good enough to wrestle Lord Humongous. He's gonna, I'm going to give him the night off. You're going to wrestle me. Uh-huh. That's what we do every night. What we do is, he, you know, the audience would be like, kick his ass, daddy, uh, boo, you know, whatever. And mm. when Danny would turn around, I would pull this powder out of my pocket yeah. or whatever. And I'd throw it in his face and I would kick him and punch him or whatever. And naturally, you know, the routine, he'd yeah. start coming to and start hulking up, you yeah. know, basically yeah. to pull the strap, so to speak, you know, like, well, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. but, uh, and then as soon as he grabbed me, like he's ready to, you know, pounce on me. Yeah, finish. That's it. when Lord Humongous would come in, hit yeah. him from behind, pick him up, give him the power bomb, boom. So Sid had started out at first, they would do that every night and have like a literally their match was forty five seconds. Yeah. Sid, yeah. Sid really had a good position right there. That's a hell yeah. of a night off. <laughs> yeah. And as they progressed, they would incorporate more and more, more. of Sid yeah. learning more how to work. That's how he learned how to work. And uh, yeah. Working with that's why they put him with Danny Davis, and uh, uh, you know I've seen Sid. You know as I got to know him and travel with him, I've seen him get better as mm-hmm. he went along. He, he was a good learner. He's a very smart guy. And, yeah. But the other thing is, I when I seen him, that is when he was really angry and pissed off about something. He's somebody you don't want to f with. Oh no! I, I bet. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> I can't I remember. Even, he, uh, like, when it, I, I cool. worked him. But I worked him later in his career. I, I wouldn't have, uh, I would have hated to have worked him when he was just starting out. But if Danny Davis can't teach you how to work, you are not teachable. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, right. Well, that's tell, true. Well, let me tell, tell you, that, Wendell yeah, Cooley yeah. down there, and I like Wendell. I have nothing against Wendell, but I'm just telling the true story. Um, yeah. One night we were, I don't remember what town it was, uh, but they had said working with Wendell that night. 
I think Danny couldn't be there, or it might have been two towns. They had Danny. And I don't want. I don't remember what the reason was. Right. They had sit with Wendell Cooley, and I want to do the same gimmick. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, as Wolfie will tell you, uh, a lot of times in these small uh, uh, places, the, the baby faces and the heels don't dress together. They're on opposite sides of the building. You know, they're not right. even the same right. locker room, dressing room, whatever. So we were going to do the same gimmick. I'm going to challenge Wendell. I'm going to take my shirt off. We get in the ring and Wendell goes, fuck that. I ain't doing that. He says, what? I, he said, fuck that. He ain't doing it. And I mean, Sid st- 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 stiffed him. Stiff, I mean, he got him in some kind of uh, front chin lines. I don't know what it was. I'm, I'm not good with that, but some kind of maneuver that he could have uh, put could him out that. almost. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I mean, I've seen, and I'll tell you later about why I've seen Scott Steiner do that to a guy named Gary Young. (laughs) You know this. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. I mean, I was in the ring for that. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. It happens. But anyway, that's getting ahead of myself. But yeah, just, but then then me and Sid uh, traveled together. Well, what happened was Continental was a good run. I loved working there. But what happened was at one point, Robert Fuller kind of fell out with the with the uh, ownership mm-hmm. of of the company because a guy named David Woods bought it from Robert and Ronald Fuller. So Robert ended up leaving. So they brought in another great guy. Believe it, this is all business, nothing personal. I love him, close friend. Yeah. Eddie Gilbert came in to take over the book. Yeah. However, Eddie Gilbert came in as the new booker, and he brought in Paul Heyman as his manager mm-hmm. and assistant. Well, mm. two and two adds up to four every day. Okay. Yeah. I'm the, I was the manager under Robert Fuller. Okay. Yeah. Now, Eddie Gilbert, the new booker, is coming in with his own manager. His own what, manager. I, I said, okay. What the, you know, I definitely <laughs> I'm not going to have a good position here, if any position. So yeah. I gave my notice, and I called Lawler, and said, I'm ready to come home. And uh, then he brought me back home. Brought you back home. <laughs> Memphis, Tennessee, baby. That's it, baby. Best of times. I mean, uh, I've talked about this with a number of dudes that work the the Memphis territory with me and with you and all that. Man, uh, the guys today, they just. Uh, I don't think they have as much fun outside the rings we did. Now, like you said, we you might want to take some of it back, and you know, but damn it, we had fun. You know what I mean? Oh, we did, and that was our life. That was our world. I yeah. mean. I never had more fun, and I also never had more anger and hatred <laughs> as I had at home in working in Memphis territory. Because you know, yeah. we, were, we all there was like a group of us that were always there, and the other yeah. guys would come and go, and right. come and go. But you know, we had love hate. Sometimes we yeah. love each other. Sometimes we'd hate each other. There was heat, with, you know. Which would Bill Dundee, Doug Gilbert, Jamie Dundee, Wolfie D, Downtown Bruno <laughs> Lawler, this one that. There's always going to be. An issue because the way it was. There's a girl that's involved, or there was some money that was involved. There was something involved. There was always some. Yep. Like, you know what? It kept it pretty. It kept it pretty damn uh, uh, interesting. I'm looking back, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Exactly, man. That's what I'm saying. I got to ask, man, and I know I, we're kind of jumping ahead here, but we can always jump back. That's the beauty of this podcasting here. Right, but, right. Okay, so first off, Downtown Bruno may be one of the coolest 
sounding names. If you think about it, I mean, just take yourself out of the name and think, man, that's a pretty cool name. But then they'd stick Thank you. you with, I, made it, I made it up. I mean, Bruno's uh, my real name. On, right. My first name. But right. I mean, the downtown yeah. thing I came up with. Dude, yeah. that's that's cooler than the other side of the pillow. But then they, they put Harvey Whippleman. Was downtown Bruno too cool of a name, you think? Or who came up with no, that? No. Uh, who came up with Harvey Whippleman or downtown Bruno? Harvey Whippleman. Uh, Gene Oakland and Gorilla Monsoon came up with that. For real. I got to hear that story. <laughs> well, no, you know, let me tell you what the deal was. Sure. I think two reasons. One, you know, WWE always copyrights your your yeah. likeness, you know. Sure. So, sure. And Bruno being my real true name, they yeah. couldn't copyright it. And that's sure. one thing. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is, uh, of course, WWE's you know worldwide now. Of course, and it was well on its way to being worldwide when I went up there. But it still was it was still a lot of a northeast territory. Because mm-hmm. let's face it, when the business was all territories, WWE or the F at the time was the New York territory, the Northeast territory. Right. Well, they had a you know their big their their Jerry the King Lawler up there was a guy named Bruno San Martino. Yeah. Right. So, Got it. it. Duh. So, okay. So that, Duh. that was the reason for that. But uh, yeah, so they, was, they were trying to come up with a name for me. And they first said Henry Herman. Because it was right about the time that Pee Wee Herman was in the news for getting caught playing with himself in, a, in a, you know, an X rated <laughs> theater or whatever. Right, so they right. had me in a Pee Wee Herman type suit and whatnot. But yeah. then Vince himself said, well, Henry Herman, that's just, it sounds a little bit too like, you know, we're pushing it. Like, it's obvious. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. So uh, they came up with Harvey Whipple, which was fine. But mm. then uh, when we went to the ring, Gene Oakland introduced me as Harvey Whippleman. Okay. Harvey Whipple, which I don't care. I don't sure. care. You know, I was getting to go to work for the biggest organization in the world. They were going to pay me. I don't give a damn what they yeah. call me. You know, so yeah. That, yeah. that's where I came from. That was okay. fine with me. Off the cuff, but also a little bit planned. I like that. I'm enjoying that for right. sure. And you managed some great guys. One of my all-time favorite wrestlers as a kid was the Warlord, man. I mean, I, I know you worked, obviously, out the out the blocks. You were Big Bully Busick, but then you ended up with Warlord, and then you switch him around with Sid, and, and then back and forth here and there. But Kamala. Talk, yeah, Kamala. I mean, yeah, Kamala, I mean, we're talking yeah. Giant Gonzalez. I mean, but yeah. tell me, th- tell me this: How was working with Warlord? That was great. He was a great. We didn't travel together. He traveled with David Boy Smith because they were bodybuilders, you know. Got workout it. Guys. Yeah, sure. And they would always, you know, uh, go because they went to the gym and they, you know, drank the protein shakes, whatever. You, you know, you weren't a gym guy. <laughs> Who me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jim's beer joint, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I never traveled with Terry, you know. Warlord, Got it. But yeah, that we got along fantastic. Just a great guy. I just did a uh, virtual signing with him, like well, it had to be two years ago now, when the pandemic was in its yeah. you know main okay. thing. You couldn't have have uh, uh, you know people grouped yeah. together. So we, sure. we the guy rented a hotel room up in Albany, New York, and mm-hmm. me and Warlord sat there and had all these autographed things and people would like join in on the internet online yeah, and then, yeah. Hey, tell warlord to sign that picture to john and hey uh, <laughs> tell, tell uh you know tell uh, it was uh what kns uh, wrestle fest probably right 
it was an O's. I got him Captain's Corner. Nick. Oh, yeah, yeah Captain, we know Nick. Yeah. yeah, we know Nick. Yeah, Nick's a great, hell of a guy. I love that. Yeah, guy. he really is. He's he's made mm-hmm. that business on his own too. It's awesome to see. So big yeah, friends. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to uh, Ohio um, April tw- uh, April 22nd for a guy up at a uh, uh, at a fest up there at a, at a toy place, and then I'm going to the 80s WrestleCon in in uh, in New Jersey. Uh, nice, yeah. May uh, yeah May sixth. So you know they, they keep me busy. You know, uh, uh, I like going to these washed up conventions. I mean, Legends reunions. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, man. I really, I really do. Uh, I've done about four this year, four or five, uh, and uh, I love them. And apparently Jamie hates them because he don't want to show up. Them, but what the, it's a whole different podcast right there. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I get paid to sit around and, 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 and you know, exactly. tell old stories and laugh exactly. and stuff. And it's like a paid vacation. Yeah. I mean, how can you complain? I, dude, that's exactly what I've tried to say. But I don't know. We we both know he's mentally unstable. So, uh, well, there you go. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. 90% of the guys I get along with, yeah. 95% of the guys I know them. And, yeah. you know, what if there's a guy that I didn't like or didn't care for, like Eric Embry, um, I just, uh, <laughs> I just uh, stay away from that person. Exactly. You know? and, and if Eric Embry walked up to me at one, if he was there, and, and, and actually would have a conversation with me, I would yeah. tell him what was on my mind and let yeah. him tell me what was on his mind. And we would, I, would, I would love to be able to, when the day I finally die, <laughs> no, we made defenses, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure, but sure. Just, when he came to Memphis, it was a... It was just bad. It was really bad. Really yeah, bad. I don't want you to tell or to say anything you don't want to say, but I don't think I know the story. And if you want to tell it, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. I'm not I'm not asking. Well, it looks like this. Eric Embry came to Memphis. He Apparently, I never worked uh, world class, but apparently he did a good job booking uh-huh. in Dallas and brought their houses up and everything, which is great. Yeah. Good. good mind for the business and everything, and that's fine. I won't knock that by any means. But the day he came to take over the booking in Memphis, mm-hmm. little man, Jared Jarrett, asked me to pick him up at his hotel and bring him over to uh, Channel 5. I said, okay, that's cool. No problem. You know, I'm the utility man in Memphis. They always have me do whatever. Right. Uh, he'd be like, oh, hey, Bruno. Hey, how you doing, man? Okay, yeah, I'm looking forward to working with you, whatever. He gets in my car. The first thing he said was, just letting you know right now. And that's how he talks, you know, just, yeah. just letting right. you know right now. It's going to be a different ball game now. I'm not going to be dealing with all you lawler guys. So no. maybe you ought to just maybe you just ought to find you a place to go because you're not going to be here. Wow. I'm not going to use you. But and the, the first day, I mean, I met him in passing before. The first day I ever really met him. I mean, yeah. what the fuck? I mean, if I done, and, and if I find out you tell Lawler that I told you this, you're going to be gone today. Well, you know, I almost. <laughs> Broke my leg tripping to run to find Lawler and tell him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Was, I might have. I might have stopped and let that son of a bitch out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No shit. So yeah. basically, what happened after that was, and then, you know, guess who he made the the manager of the territory, Jamie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that makes okay. sense. That's about the right time. Because so, Jamie says he loves so, Eric Embry, that makes total sense. Actually. Yeah. So. There you go. Yeah. Eric Embry. Man, you know, Eric Embry, I just talked to him about, I don't know, a few months back, man. He's, uh, he, you know, he's, uh, he's runs a pizza place right here in Kentucky, like down the road from me, like somewhere by, by Bowling Green or something. Okay. I always loved Eric Embry. I, I, a lot of people didn't like Eric. I, I loved Eric. Eric was, 
I stayed in the Dallas Portatorium when he lived there, you know, when we would take the bus down and shit. I stayed a couple of times because I didn't have nowhere to be. So I just said, fuck it, I ain't riding the bus back. I'm going to stay with you, Eric. And we'd just sit in the fucking Portatorium and do whippets and and just fucking do whatever else comes along. But I, I've always loved Eric Embry. A lot of people don't like him, but I, I've always loved him. So guess yeah. what? Eddie Marlin, Little Man, and Lawler got together and formulated a job for me that I wasn't working for Eric Embry. I, I was a referee. Mm-hmm. And they turned me completely into a referee right there. And mm-hmm. then they uh, put me in charge of the rings. So I yeah. didn't work for Eric Embry. I worked for the company. But yeah. right. check this out. And yeah. Damien will back me up on this. This is true. When I was phasing out of being the manager, I was still a, uh, you know, a heel manager. But even though he wasn't using me, he would like have me at the ring with fucking Ken Raper or somebody. You know, he was like <laughs> yeah. really burying me. So one <laughs> night there was a battle royal at the, at the uh, Mid-South Coliseum. Uh-huh. said managers managers had to enter the battle royal. So Jamie was in the battle royal, and I was in the battle royal. And, and, and of course, all the wrestlers, too. But check this out. I, <laughs> I, I hadn't thought about this in years, so the subject just came up. <laughs> this really pops me in my mind. And Jamie went with it. There was nothing against Jamie. I'm not knocking him by any means. But yeah. I, you know what? Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. What, what's this? The bell rang. Okay, everybody go at it. And it wasn't like the Royal Rumble one at a time. Everybody was right. there waiting. And I guess yeah. the rules were you can't attack nobody until the bell rang, you know, whatever. Right. As soon as the bell rang, I ran across the ring and attacked Jamie. <laughs> nobody nobody told me to do it. Nobody <laughs> said, let's see what happens if that. No, I just did it. And the fucking place erupted. <laughs> they yeah. wanted me to be. And honest to God, I'm not bullshit. Won't smoke up my own ass. The rest of the. <laughs> freaking guys in the ring more or less stopped and just looked. They couldn't believe it. it was, I mean, I, and it's awesome. And I, we get the back. Eric Embry goes, oh, what'd you do that for? Who told you to do that? Blah, blah. And I'll never forget it. Till dad died. Lawler goes, well, looks like you just got a brand new hot baby face. Are you going <laughs> to fuck this up? So we, ended up working this, we ended up working a big angle. Me and Jamie worked together for weeks and weeks and weeks everywhere. Man. Man. I mean, I, I go sit here and lie to you. We were it was Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels match. No, it but it was getting it was getting over. And yeah. So check this out. Okay, now y'all got me on a roll. Now, <laughs> how much time do we have? How much time do we have? How much you want? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I didn't know if it was a time limit. Okay, yeah. so how about this? So Eric Embry resented the piss out of me because uh-huh. I got over without his. Help, acknowledgement, or approval. Okay. Yeah. So then he brings in Jackie Moore, Miss Texas. Yeah. And, well, Bruno, you're angry with Jamie's over now. I want you to work with her. But we're going to try to build her as a killer. So we want her just to just attack you and squash you. And just we, we want you to even get color. And you're not even going to get nothing in on her and blah, blah, blah. Mm. So. Oh shit! I said, okay. Well, I'm gonna become I'll become the referee and the ring guy now. So uh, who gives yeah. a shit? So <laughs> we, we we were at the by this time we were at the, at the uh, Pipkin Building. The Coliseum uh-huh. was under renovation or whatever. So she attacks me, beats the, the shit out of me, throws me into the post. Uh, I, I you know I get the uh, you know color. I'm bleeding yeah. like hell. I'm selling. I'm dying. I'm you know I mean I can't even get it back into the ring. I'm you know counted out. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. It's Eric Embry's deal. But the next week, Jackie, Miss Texas, works with Dirty White Girl. Little, uh-huh. beautiful young lady, you know, but yeah, little I remember. skinny, 
Fitzgerald, very, you know, slim, as, as, you know, skinny. I look, mm-hmm. I'm watching the match from the back. Dirty white girls slinging Jackie around like Jackie, like, like dirty white girls, Ronda Rousey and Jackie's fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? And, and so I can't beat her, but this little slim, tiny little girl is slinging her around. I went fucking nuts. I started yelling. I was kicking chairs over and shit. Marlon and Eddie Marlon had to calm me and he'd calm me down. I was going to, I swear to God, I was going to, if I wasn't a Christian man, which I am, yeah. I'd have killed Eric Cambry that night. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I, that, that, I mean, so, so then after that, I'm calmed down. They, they told me to go on home. We'll let somebody else, you know, deal with the ring tonight. Just go. Just like Chili Willie and them deal with the ring without me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, anyway, Oh, about a month later, we're at a spot show somewhere up in Tennessee or Kentucky. I can't remember. So I'm refereeing, and Eric Embry's working with Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jeff says, uh, "Tell Eric do the test of strength. Tell him to do the test of strength." So, of course, you know, obviously, what that means is put your yeah. hand up, do the play yeah. mercy, play mercy. Yeah. So okay, I said, Embry, do the test of strength, huh? I said. <laughs> Put your hand and do the test right. Huh, what's that? What's that? And I what? said this to Jeff. I said it so fucking loud. Everybody in the audience heard it. I didn't give a shit. I said, hey, Jeff, our booker don't know what the test of strength is. Yep. What did do? What did Jeff do? He said, tell him to play mercy. You know, that's <laughs> what I mean. No shit. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> fucking booking the fucking territory. I don't know what the test of strength is. Uh-huh. Why'd you say? Why'd you say? <laughs> it's like, oh god so That's, we get in the back and he's he's cussing and he's yelling and, and steve kern told him embry sit the fuck down <laughs> kern would have backed me up me and kern yeah. are pretty good friends he oh, yeah. me up. It's steve's all, great we, love we, had, him. we yeah. had steve on man he was really cool to come on for me man and we had a, a great time with him oh too. he's really cool he's a really really smart guy you know and uh absolutely he understands the business, but yeah, I swear to God, with, with everything I hold dear, I would have a conversation with Eric Amber if he was somewhere I was or whatever. I'm yeah. not somebody that would. You'd have to, you know, punch my mother or something for me to hate you forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, something like that. Let's let's have a conversation, Eric. Why did you come in like that? Why did yeah. you just say, "Look, I'm going to make some changes." Why don't you see if they can use you as a referee or maybe find another place to go, whatever. And I would have said, well, look, Lawler and them will keep me here as long as I want to be here. So if you want to use somebody else in my position, I'll see what else they can find for me. That would have been fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But the way he just came, like, and there was no reason. Your car. Like there was (laughs) a piece of shit in my own car. Man, that is right. (laughs) Shit. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. This is Steve Bowtie Bryant here. Back in the 90s, I was a pro wrestling photographer for the South. 
and I released what might have been one of the original sets of indie trading cards. I ran across some of these original sets. They were up in Randall Fanning's attic all this time. PG-13 rookie card, Ricky Morton, George Weingroff as the Sheep, Chris Champion, Reno Riggins, Billy Montana, Gary Valiant, the Scorpion, the Medic, Rick Reynolds, Jeff Daniels, Mephisto and Dante, Ben Jordan, Steve Neely, Marcus Woodrow, Clinton Charisma, Little Farmer John. If you'd like an opportunity to get these cards, contact me now. You can get them for only $49.99. Contact me at stevebowtiebryant at icloud.com. Get your set now while supplies last. Support for Live and in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFIE at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. Let me ask you this, man. You know, a lot of guys that have come through Memphis, like, oh, they, I didn't like Lawler or I didn't like Jerry Jarrett or blah, blah, blah. I feel, and I know you're, you know, Lawler gave you your, your break and everything, but it, were you also a Jerry Jarrett guy? Because I felt like I got along with both of them and they both like kind of believed in me and Jamie and stuff. Oh, so. my God. Me and Jerry Jarrett, he was like a second father to me. He would really? send me a birthday card, a Christmas card to my other son. To my Mississippi yeah. son, whatever, uh-huh. and I would always send him a Father's Day card every year. Oh yeah, and that goes to show you, me and me and Jerry Jarrett were like father and son. Yeah. I was at Eddie Marlin's funeral. I was I went to I didn't go to uh, Jerry Jarrett's funeral for one reason. I knew there would be a bunch of AEW guys there, and I didn't want to have no involvement with uh-huh. my name involved anything that was. Not WWE. I, I won't. Yeah, right. I'm trying right. to think. Further than that. I I did go to it, and I don't really remember. I think there was. I'm trying to think, there was. Like, I don't know all of them, but I don't really think there. Well, was the main guy that owned that company was sure. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And I, I don't know him. I, I probably might have seen him and didn't know who the hell he was. But uh, so I ended up. I went to Jerry Jarrett's house. Yeah. And had a long visit with his his grandson and, and his wife. Oh, uh, very cool. That was more personal, anyway. You know? And it totally is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay, I've got to ask this question. I know we talked about Sid, and I didn't get to sneak this one in because you were telling some great stories there. But everybody knows Sid and softball, right? The guy loves softball. We also know Jerry Lawler loves softball and that kind of thing. But when it comes to Sid, do you know much about his softball playing? To be trivial with you, I honestly don't. And I've been asked this question many times. I honestly don't. Well, I it's really, it's I not to a game that he was in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not that specific. It's it's more about just generic. He must be pretty damn good at softball, though. Have you oh, heard nice. at least that rumor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I've heard that, but I mean, yeah. he's a power hitter. I mean, he's a power right. hitter. I'm, I'm, so yeah, yeah. they even in shape. So, you know, yeah, yeah. he's a, oh. I was just curious if he was the pitcher, if he was the first baseman, you know, if you knew any of that. So I get it. No, though. that's what I mean. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I, I don't think he would. You know, it don't, and that is just purely speculation, but I'm saying <laughs> I wouldn't picture him being the pitcher. Right. I would picture him <laughs> reach being the first baseman. Yeah, Listen, be a great yeah, first what, what I can yeah. tell you from a little, my stepdad was a, was a huge guy, 
and uh, he he used to play softball a lot, man. And uh, like they pay some him. guys. I, I know him. Sid got paid. I knew I knew your stepdad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew Pete, uh, but yeah, he used to get paid to do that shit, man, and playing in leagues and tournaments and all that shit. Right. And yeah, they pay, they pay probably like my stepdad and and Sid as well. They they pay him to go to the plate and bat. You know, you know, yeah, right, put right. On first base or something like that. But right, you know, they're not out there to run around and catch balls. They're to oh, right. hit it out the park. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, my right. next question is, then I'll follow up with a totally left field question since we're talking softball. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but where, what college did you pick up your PhD? I know you, you know, you learned from the school of hard knocks, but where did you get your PhD from? Because you became doctor. Well, you know what? I got a BS and MS and a PhD. Everybody knows what BS is. MS yeah. means more of the same and PhD means piled higher and deeper. it's perfect it's perfect (laughs) i'm gonna throw one in here that i didn't know man i didn't know this either because i just happened to look this up i didn't know you were the women's wwf champion (laughs) i didn't know that happened yeah so i can honestly say (laughs) that i was the Champion of the world for 24 yeah. hours. Seriously. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I don't have to throw in the women's part when people tell right. me. Exactly. Nowadays, you do not have to throw in the women's part. So, oh, so well, there I'm you go. Start. That's why I'm drinking Miller Lite right now. <laughs> Cheers. Miller Lite. Mm-hmm. Love it. I'm not going to say another word about it. Everybody yeah. can read between the lines. Exactly. Miller Lite. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, Bruno, I, I don't know. I don't know if you have. You told us about your uh, your your guy that runs your website, so that people can check this out. And uh, I'll be sure to do all that. Is there anything else you want to plug? Where you're going to be? Well, I'll just say this. Um, no, I mean, the, the, yeah, I'm going to be at the uh, like I said to at the Toy uh, Fest in uh, Hartville, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, April 22nd, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be at the 80s WrestleCon May 6th up in New Jersey. But no, mm-hmm. the, uh, and of course, I'm going to plug Mary McCall's Wrestle Talk because I think it's a great podcast. I'm sure they'll oh, yeah. reciprocate and plug y'all. Yeah. Oh, um, they're great. But about yeah, it, yeah. The, uh, the guy that runs the uh, Facebook page, Downtown Bruno Bookings and Appearances, uh, yeah. uh, Wolfie, he says he do not know if you remember him or not, but you know, he mm-hmm. used to wrestle. He, he, well, he still does occasionally, but he runs a wrestling school. I'll, I'll plug that for him. Yeah. Pro Studios in uh, Kingsport, Tennessee. Oh, okay. Cool. Great guy. One of my closest friends. His name is, his real name is Daniel Jones, but his, uh, his, uh, wrestling name is Dangerous Dan Matthews. He said, oh, you yeah. and him had a hell of a match for Burt Prentice's, uh, promotion at one, uh, several years ago. All right. I, yeah, I, the name sounds familiar, man. And I'm, I apologize I, to people all the time when they ask me if I remember this person or this thing or that. I, I just don't. I can't. I haven't retained all of it <laughs> for one reason. No, I know what you mean. If there's a guy that I didn't know real well, I wouldn't remember it either. But uh, it, he, he just said he had a hell of a match on uh, Bert's uh, group. Yeah. And uh, he's a well, really good guy. So well, I'll thank plug you Pro Studios that. and I'll yeah. plug uh, – that website. And, and well, I guess uh, while we're at it, then we'll get back into to, uh, talking about funny stuff. But <laughs> if anybody wants to buy a downtown Bruno shirt, just go mm-hmm. on pro wrestling keys yes. and, you know, Google or whatever you call it, you know, search downtown Bruno. Yeah. Yes. And you know, uh, they got downtown Bruno shirts on there and I would love That's it. Awesome. If people 
it would would uh, buy some. So and I'll put the link for that in the show notes, okay, brother. So we'll do that Sounds for you. Great. I got a Sounds I got a, a two part quick question here because I I want to sincerely know this answer. So Vince yeah, McMahon, make it quick. I'm having a great time. <laughs> okay, so Vince McMahon, name one thing about him that would surprise you. Okay, and name another thing that is a misconception about him. Well, a lot of people think Vince is this big, uppity Connecticut Yankee. Vince is a Southern boy like us. He's from North Carolina. Right, right. A lot of people don't know that. And the misconception is that he, in real life, is like the Mr. McMahon character he portrays on TV. Vince is a great guy. He's treated me like gold. He's always Mm -hmm. been there for me. So uh, anybody else can say whatever they want. And I, right. I can say nothing but good things about that, about that individual. I love him. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. That, you know, I've heard that consistently from people in other podcasts, we should say, and they have right. said that same thing. So that's, that's very cool. So, okay. Right. All right. I got to ask this question. This is the one that I've been thinking of the whole time. How <laughs> effing cool is it to have someone play you? On a not not a small off network TV show on one of the largest sitcoms in the nation. How cool is that, dude? Somebody is playing brother. You. <laughs> it's great. He's he's actually became one of my best friends in the world. I was okay. at his wedding. Two oh, weeks dude, ago. that's cool. awesome. He helped, and uh, I, it was so cool. We had up until. The show started filming the season that Downtown Bruno got introduced. Yeah. We had Zoom meetings between me yeah. and the writers and Ryan Pinkston. Uh, I plug him, great actor, yeah. great guy, Ryan Pinkston. Yeah, um, uh, just unbelievably great guy. We became very close friends. Um, he did everything he could to to talk like me and act like me and behave like me. You know because. You know, he's from Maryland, you know, right. Baltimore area. Yeah, now, right. Talk like a jerk off that was that was born in West Virginia and and, and from Mississippi. Now, you know, what I mean, so he had to really do a lot of adapting to try to beat me. And he just put his heart and soul into it, and just we became very close. and And it's it's cool that 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 Dwayne has been such a great, great, great friend to me, and never forgot. You know where you know me and him worked so close ever since he was like in the single digits age yeah. wise, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so that's, that's, that's awesome. And, and, uh, I became close friends with a lot of those guys, Matt Willie, who plays Andre the giant, uh, Great. uh Benjamin My, who plays, uh, Jake Roberts. We became all of us. We were, we're just, I, I, I don't want to leave nobody out. We got to play Kevin who plays macho man. We've all became really close friends. I love the guy who plays Shiki. I think that guy's great, man. Wow. Yeah, Brett he, Zark, great guy. He does a great job. My God. I'm like that guy. He should just take over for Shiki, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah. A great guy. All the guys and the guy that plays Lars Anderson, uh, Mike Holly's his name. Okay. okay. We stay in touch. All of us stay in touch. And we all had a reunion at Ryan's wedding last week or two weeks ago. Uh, and he married his beautiful bride and had a great wedding. And, um, uh, and it's, it's sad. I had to leave the reception early because that was the night that the, 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 and the wedding took place in Austin, Texas. I had to leave the reception early to get back. I was scared to death because <laughs> that's the night that those devastating tornadoos came through. Oh, North man. Uh, from. Oh, so dude. I yeah. was, I was going to be a dud at the wedding. I had to leave. I just went back yeah. and was watching the, the weather and, and it was scary. But yeah. uh, 
Yeah. Bottom line is, uh, getting back to the original question, yes, it's great. The greatest thing besides the great friendships that I've made, particularly with Ryan, but the rest of the guys too, is uh, two things. One, that Dwayne, you know, really <clears throat> remembered me and, and you know, stuck up for me and was there for me all these years. And the other yeah. thing was, when they were filming in Memphis, you know, I was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a consultant on the show, which is great. Mm. You know, I, I point out different things about, well, like it would ask me, well, in Memphis wrestling, did y'all do this or what did y'all do? You know, I, of course, they adapted it to their little Hollywood standards, but right. they kept it as, as true as they could. And the other thing was, I always made sure, and they always knew it, let me know what time the uh, meal break is. So I get there <laughs> right at that time. And, and it's funny, one of the actors that I became friends with called me the reverse Santa Claus because I would sit there and eat all the good food. I always bring a big old plastic sack with me. And when I left, it was full of Cokes and bottles of water and potato chips and Slim Jims. And they called me the reverse Santa Claus. Reverse and Santa Claus. <laughs> And I'd leave with a big old sack. <laughs> you ain't dumb. You're OG, you know. <laughs> Come yeah. On. But yeah, man, I was going to say that too, as far as, man, I, I think it's really cool that, uh, you know, Rocky has remembered you uh, and, and taken such care of you. I almost feel like it's given you just a resurgence in, in your career in a way, man. Because it's like as soon as that show came on and you're on it and then, you know, he's doing all the nice things he's done for you, the vehicle and, and, and all that. It's like it's helped you in more ways than one. But just to, for him to, to do that for you, it, it, I think it says a lot about him. And, uh, you know, oh, really I, me and him were never like super cool or anything. And I don't believe he likes Jamie. And uh, just remind <laughs> him next time you see him that I'm not Jamie and I don't have anything against him. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that's cool man, that he took care of you like that. And, and you know, someone that somebody that don't like Jamie. Yeah, Seriously. exactly. Well, <laughs> when you when you go on YouTube and tell everybody that when you was a kid, you called The Rock the N-word, uh, I mean, that's probably not the smartest thing to do. But at any rate. Uh, As if Dwayne is ever going to forget that, you know, exactly. the fact that you got to remind folks, come on. Hey, you know? well, you know, it, again, Jamie screwed right. me over more than once, so I'm not yeah. afraid to say the truth. But uh, Eric Henry, uh <laughs> So, so. <laughs> <laughs> what i've really liked about it too is it showed a lot of the soul man rocky johnson's you know it's kind of like his biopic almost you know what i mean and right, i've right. i really love that because i love that era of wrestling i was born too late for it but in my later days i actually have dug deeper into the 70s pro wrestling and i mean you can't find a, a magazine or you can't find an article that doesn't mention rocky johnson in it somewhere how close do you feel like that actor is portraying the soul man? Oh my gosh. In, in every possible way. The only thing is, this is nitpicking, of course. The only sure. difference is Rocky was a lot thicker than Joseph. Oh yeah. He's plays him, Well, I figured they shrink him down a little for TV, I think, or something. I don't know. Right, but right. I mean, I don't None know about that, Rock's no. character, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. And and the guy that plays the grown up Dwayne, the one that wrestles, Uli, yeah. and I can't even pronounce his last name. It's a very long uh, yeah. New Zealand type name, but what it, well, all of the guys, but I mean, he does a tremendous job as the Seriously. grown up Dwayne. And yeah. here's the funny thing. Now, everybody says, oh, you wrestlers, you're a bunch of actors. No, we're not. It's such a different world. I've uh, never been around acting before. Let me tell you. Right. Okay. Right. Got to play the, 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 the rock, the grown up rock. And the, and the lady that plays rock's mother, 
Okay. You hear them on the show when you watch the show, they talk, you know, as close as they can to, you know, the rock and, and right. you know, but they're both from New Zealand <laughs> and the cameras are off and yeah. we're sitting there at the lunch table and just, you know, talking and visiting. They're great. Nice. nice. But I can't even, and I, I'm not an actor, so I can't do the but gimmick, but I'm going to try. Like I said, hey, good to see you. How are you? I might quite quite so see you. That's how he talks in real life. <laughs> and it's like, I, I, how does he turn it off and become, yeah. hey, do you smell what the rock is cooking? I mean, and the woman, yeah. the nicest lady, well, Stacy's her real name that plays Rock's mother. Yeah. Super nice lady is just nice as you could expect, you know, want somebody to be. But she's, right. Oh, it's oh! I've heard so much about you. It's so great to finally meet you. And I was like, <laughs> I can't. And I'm not doing either one of their acts sure. justice. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying, I don't. It's amazing how 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 they do that. Yeah. And, and the thing is too about I, I didn't know this either about acting or you know filming a TV show or whatever. What you might it might be one little scene. Uh, just a little small thing, like just for example, if me and Wolfie were in a scene. You know, if the actor playing me, and if there was an actor playing Wolfie, hey Wolfie, come over here. We're, we need to talk. Mm-hmm. Okay, about what? You'll see. Okay, boom, that quick. Then they would maybe do that fifteen times. Yeah. Not because the actors were screwing up or nothing, because they would do it. Okay, on this one we'll have the camera on the actor playing Wolfie. Okay, right. and this one will have the camera on the actor playing Bruno. This gotcha. one will have the camera on both of them. This yeah. one will, what you know? And, and, uh, okay, this time, uh, Bruno, say it like you're angry. Okay, this time, say it like you're happy. This, you know, and I guess they, <laughs> yeah. they go into editing room and who know? I, I mean, I'm not trying to pretend like I know because I don't. But yeah. I, yeah. whoever makes those decisions, yeah. yeah. Say, okay, let's use that one. So, in other words, it might be me saying the thing to you in take one and your right. reaction that they put in the show might be the reaction from take 15. Yeah. Right. You know, it ain't yeah. like, you know, just go through the whole way. And yeah. I'm, I'm watching this and I'm like, Oh my God, I can never do this. It's so boring. <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay. So tell me, I, I think I read this maybe was not true, but tell me you didn't cook eggs sitting on the toilet with a hot. Plate. Never. I don't know where they come up with that. I don't care. I think it's hilarious. It is funny. It's a total rib. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. But. It's a rib. It don't bother me. I think it's funny. <laughs> but that's got to be a somewhat yeah, somewhat misconception. Maybe it was just a way to make you seem down to earth, right? Who knows? <laughs> comedy. Sure. Yeah. I love the scene where thing. you and Bam Bam are out there talking to the younger rock. This is on the show, of course. I love that right. scene. I think where the tires are flat. Yeah, and I went, what? oh, yeah, my tires are flat. You know, okay, so what? Fuck, if yeah. that would have really happened, I'd have went fucking berserk. I'd have right. <laughs> That's why Jamie and Wolfie bought retreads all the time. <laughs> we did. Right. We sure as hell did. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, but you know, it's funny. And Wolfie will tell you this: uh, there used to be for real heat, though. Oh believe. yeah, yeah. People really were uh, ready to kill us sometimes, which oh, we yeah. were doing our job right. But right, that's awesome. Yeah, we had that conversation. Uh, who was it? Was it? Who did we ask that question to about people jumping in the ring? Oh, Ronnie Garvin and, and George Weingroff, because it's yeah. happened to me, like more than once, two, three, four times, I think. Has it right. happened? You somebody jump on you? 
Yeah, oh, many times. Many yeah. times. Yeah. Lots of times. I would just roll in the ring. I would just yeah. roll in the ring. You know? Right. And, uh, I mean, I remember one night in Louisville, a guy tried that shit. <laughs> I rolled in the ring. And, and uh, Hickerson stood up. I was managing Hickerson that night. Hickerson mm-hmm. stood up. And by the time the cops got there, you know, they took him down. And yeah. Wolfie remembers the cops in Louisville were we were all buddies with them, you know. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. You know. Uh, but yeah, I'm telling you, man, uh, the heat was real. It was real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot more fun working like that, but yes. man, as much as I hate to wrap this up, Bruno, we can do a part two if you want to, man. Uh, Hell yeah. Uh, anytime you want to. Yeah, all absolutely, right. man. This has been a blast, man. A total blast. And, and I, I want to thank you uh, very much for coming on, man, and doing this with us. I know we had a little scheduling issue and then so Jimmy had that issue and, you yeah. know, but we got it worked out, man. And I'd be glad to have you anytime, uh, anytime you're available. Well, I'll tell you what, like I said, I've got to go to this Ohio thing. And then mm-hmm. I've got to go to this Georgia thing. Maybe, um, uh, uh, late May or something, early June. Let's do part two because I still ain't told you the stories about watching Scott Steiner stretch a guy in the ring to the point he almost killed him. I yep. told you the uh, story about Scott Steiner almost killing Oscar, the the rapper in the dressing room <laughs> in Niagara Falls, in New York. Um, yes, I mean we didn't even scratch the surface. Y'all. Oh, I love. It. I'm writing all this down. I have about a whole half a page left, so we're good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm writing yeah. these down. <laughs> we, we try to generally keep this to it, Sonny, to the take a pill, go over the hill like Jack and Jill, baby. Yeah, like baby. Mama said, it feeds that way sometimes. <laughs> That's, yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, Jimmy, what do we got coming up next? Well, you know, them people out there like to ask Wolfie D anything. Okay. Again, thank you, Bruno, so much. And everybody listening, I hope you have enjoyed this. But hang on just a little bit longer as we come back with Ask Wolfie Anything. Thanks, y'all. And have a great time. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank Thank you, you, Bruno. Bruno. You're the best, brother. Take care, my friends. Take care, buddy. DJ, hit the music. All right, we are back with Ask Wolfie D Anything. And first off, let's just say thank you, Downtown Bruno. Yeah, that was fun. Dude, that story about Eric Embry, I'm still laughing about that, bro. He's <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, you know, even the nice guys have to be pissed at somebody sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, if they I weren't. Mean, Bruno loses shit before. I mean. He, I'm sure. Yeah, he's a nice guy, but he don't make no shit neither. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's I love that. I dude, that's amazing because if you think about it, you know, I'm sure he's he's some people have thought he would take shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he's salty. Yeah, he's definitely salty, man. Wow, Eric Embry. I, I've, you know, we've talked to him with Jamie before, and Jamie's like, I love him. I love him. I don't know what everybody else feels about. It. Well, yeah. Well, now we understand. <laughs> he, As Paul he, Harvey would say, now we know the rest. Rest of the story. Now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> I love it. Well, as usual, your listeners have followed us in droves to getting us some good questions here today. So the first one I want to start with. Th- this 
one is the plastic sheik from at GMBMPW. He's got a really good question. So recently, Arn Anderson was asked to build the ultimate wrestler using <laughs> like seven different breakdowns. So, you know, just an example, Arn did this. You know, the seven different ones are these knowledge, strength, physique, stamina and drive, skill set, reflexes, and promo. So he he said knowledge was Brian Danielson, strength was Ron Simmons, physique was Lex Luger, stamina and drive Ricky Steamboat, skill set Shawn Michaels, reflexes Brad Armstrong, promo Ric Flair. So I would love to hear your breakdown of this in your opinion of what would build the ultimate wrestler, okay? So the first one, yeah, yeah, I think you can do it. So the first, <laughs> the first one, this is, one, I guarantee, Arn did not do that off the cuff. I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> he had to have thought about that. <laughs> Let me tell you, son. <laughs> don't ever come get an autograph for me, anyway. <laughs> Yeah. My spot. My spot. Anyway, so knowledge. Who would you say that you know? Yeah, just maybe do it from the dudes you know. Just you don't have to go to the modern guys and the old guy. I'm just saying maybe the guys in your group that you knew from Memphis or whatever, TNA. So who would you say out of all the workers that you knew had the most knowledge of the of the actual wrestling business? Um so we're just talking like a historian or are we talking about in the ring knowledge in the ring? Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be Lawler. Okay. Okay. What about strength? Who was the strongest dude? Mm. Either that I've been in there. We'll do this with people that I've been in the ring with. Let's, let's go with that. Uh, right. So that would have to be either Perry Saturn or uh, maybe Rick Steiner uh, although I, I only worked once or twice, Perry, I worked uh, all the time. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Perry on that one. Okay, not even Hawk or Animal or anybody. Well, I mean, yeah, but again, um, I worked with Perry a lot. So yeah, you you had the tit for tat with him. Where yeah. is yeah, I get it, I get it. Okay, that's perfect. I love it. Knowledge, Lawler. Yeah. Strength, Perry. How about physique? Who had the best physique? Oh, uh, think here. Who has the best physique that I could think of, man? Because there's God, there's been around some freaking monsters, man. Yeah. Some of them didn't make it, some of them did. Uh, ah, I guess. Uh, I don't guess you can really, in his day, you can't really argue with what Arn was saying as far as Lex Luger, because I mean that's what they called him the total package. He fucking right. He, he was he was a tall dude and he was big, uh, but shit, man. Now there's a lot of guys look like that. <laughs> look at look at Bobby Lashley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of these guys are huge. I mean, uh, but yeah, I, I might even have to go with that Bobby Lashley as far as physique, man, because. Okay. Uh, He's a monster. Yeah, that's a good one. He's definitely chiseled out of granite for sure. Okay, so what about stamina and drive? And and, and I don't mean, you, you know, we talked about needing drive and ambition. I think this would be the ability to reach another gear in the ring. Whenever you're like dog tired and you're like, holy crap, I'm out of it. Maybe you never felt that way. Maybe that's Wolfie D. Probably Tracy. Tracy. Tracy Smothers? Yeah. Okay, what about overall skill set? Hmm. Fuck, 
man. There's so many guys that can do a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it looked good. Everything looked good. I, I'm going to go with Shawn Michaels, man. Yeah. I mean, that's hard to beat, right? What about reflexes? And I'm assuming that, that means kind of like if something goes bad and you, you know, you got to on the fly real quick. I'm not sure what reflexes would really well, mean. Well, Arn put Brad Armstrong. Does uh, that help? Yeah. Yeah, I don't really understand what they mean by that, but um, reflexes. I guess like agility, quickness, something like that. Um, sure. Was there anybody that was there before you were? Because I know you had some good reflexes. Like, I'm not really understanding what that really means honestly but i mean i know what reflexes are obviously but sure as far as in the ring um i've never taken the little the little doctor hammer and hit it on anybody's <laughs> 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 so I'm not really. uh man uh reflexes reflexes man i guess i'll just go with uh I mean, Brad was smooth. If that's what he means by that, because you hear people talk about Brad Armstrong, and it was he was so smooth. He was so smooth. Maybe that's what we're getting at there, and and I can't argue with that because I mean, sure, I, uh, I worked him. I know. Yeah. So I, I'll, I'll stick with Arn on that one. Arn, uh, I mean, if Arn says it, I'll go with it. Who can who can argue? And then also promo. So obviously we did our top ten promo. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, we said it was Flair. What not both right number right. one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's there. He said flair. So, yeah. I mean, it's hard to beat, man. Yeah. That's, that's, that's definitely hard. Well, anyway, thanks, Sheik, for that question. And I appreciate Wolfie for those very thought out answers, actually. So, yeah. Yeah. My brain's burning. (laughs) All right. Well, this next one will take it down a little bit here. So, this is Bobby Murray from Facebook, and Bobby's always got some interesting questions. He says this one is, ever have a match turn into a shoot with one of the guys? Now, uh, you take out Icy Hot, take out Ox, or the Corinth, Mississippi incident. Take out all those. Ever have? (laughs) Okay. Uh, I told the one uh, it happened with uh, with Eron Hatchet. Yeah, yeah. With Ray Havoc, I told that one. The same same guy, but yeah, he he tried. To, he kept he got gassed up by by Jeff and them and Frank. I guarantee it. And yeah, uh, you know he was a, a, a amateur wrestler, and I did it for like a year and a half in high school. And you know who could take who down. He he came in there trying to shoot with me, and he couldn't get me down. I think he got him frustrated, and then I. Kind of like muscled him out of the ring, uh, and Jamie was at ringside, and um, then uh, he picks up a chair and throws it at me. I, I forget this the sequence, but he picks up a chair and throws it, and as he throws it, of course, I got to put my hands up to block it and sh- slap it down. Yeah. And at that time, he like rushes me and uh, for a takedown and backs me, like tackles me onto the bleachers. And then Jamie jumped on his back and started hellcapping him and calling him the N-word and everything. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, of course Jamie's going to do that. Yes, of course. And he's like, he's using the the edge of the hubcap and like. Oh, dude. Like that. Yeah. And got off and uh, then we went in the ring and settled shit down and whatnot. But I'm trying to think if there's, I'm sure there's been other ones with, stiff shots and stuff like like i'll get pissed off sometimes and 
I know this this guy, and he's a good he's a good dude. He just pissed me off. <laughs> I even I did it to Derek one time, and you know when Derek was on, we told the story of um, where I punched Alan in the face. Yeah. I was hammered and I didn't know who he was. <laughs> but I, I did it to, uh, uh, what was there? There was a, a, a kid in that TCW, a little bitty um, Asian kid, and he did something and I kicked the shit out of him a couple of times and started cussing him because he fucked up spots and made us all look stupid. And uh, But anyway, the first one I was going to say was uh, Barry. Barry Lindiff that worked for TCW as well. It was a simple thing, man. And it, it just, it was like, he hurt me for no, for just being, you know, clumsy and, and dumb at the moment. I'm not, he's a smart guy. I like him. So, uh, but anyway, it, it was just the, the spot at the end of the match as a tag match, I was supposed to grab his leg, but you know, boom, he takes the face bump. I pull him out of the ring. Right. Right. Well, I, pull on his leg and instead of taking a face bump he like sits on his ass and when he does that he sits on my shoulder crunch i can feel it like one of my well both of them really have been dislocated so many times it's like i knew what happened so like crunch and then it goes right back in i yanked him out of there and put him up against the daggum railing and I just started booting him in his chest as hard as I could. Oh god! <laughs> Three or four times. Just, and you know, he knew. He knew he deserved it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure cussing him the whole time. Stuff yeah. like that happens, you know. And you know, in a situation like that, like I said, he he knew if it had been me and I'd have done something, and somebody kind of threw a few stiff shots on me, I'd I'd be like, yeah, I probably deserved that. That was dumb, but. I fortunately I'm a better worker than that. <laughs> I usually don't right. do <laughs> Well, so like, do you think it's nine times out of 10 an accident and it's just like, you should not make those mistakes or do you feel like sometimes they're just get sloppy and they kind of let one go or, or do you feel like sometimes they mean to do it? No, I don't think necessarily they mean to No. Yeah. It's just so, so then a receipt is really just like, wake up. You know, like, yeah, or, or you get caught with, you know, if they intentionally uh, throw something hard at you and, you know, okay, motherfucker, then, yeah. then you recede after that, or then the match just gets really stiff because it's, it's tick for tack, you know? Right, you, right. You're laying it in, I'm going to lay it in, you know? Right. The Harris brothers uh, used to say that to me, uh, Donnie, man, I love working you. And I'm like, why? He said, because, man, you lay it in, man. Everybody else is afraid to hit us. He said, you're not. And I said, well, you ain't afraid to hit me. <laughs> We're just going to do it that way, buddy. <laughs> I thought, yeah. Too crazy. I'm sure you'll whoop my ass, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let you have it just like you let me have it. <laughs> right. I mean, I thought that's how we were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, recently, I, I it's been a few years now, but there was some kind of match that Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman and we're in a match together, and I think Braun lets a knee go to Brock's head or something. Yeah. Yeah, and then Brock gives him a quick receipt, and you can tell it rings his bell. And you can you, you can think there's no way that I would ever want to hit Brock harder. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. would receive a receipt, you know, because that dude could floor you quick, you know. Yeah, but he also at the same time got to keep it professional. You know? Of course, he's of not course. 
an indie card where you know beat somebody up and let that be it because you, you can't do that on tv you can't right. you, you, that's why you don't see really you might see some receipts but you don't see no shoots on tv yeah yeah well and i've explained it to people before you know that level for sure what you're saying but i've explained it like they're giving you your body you know what i mean you're giving them your body so you're saying okay i trust you enough to make this work here and you took advantage of that you know or by your carelessness you could have hurt me and that's why you get these receipts you know so (laughs) Yeah, but hey, I mean, it makes sense, and heck, man, I mean, if you think about it, like, if you were out in public, and <laughs> somebody cuts you off, or somebody jumps in front of you in the in the store, you're in line, or whatever, I mean, you, you're going to say something to them, it's something very similar to that, you don't really let that go, so why... Would yeah. you expect, you know, anyway, I think everybody understands, but th- those are great stories. Some of those I've never actually heard, or if you've told them, I didn't remember them. So that's awesome. So Bobby, thanks you for that question. He's got one more and it's kind of a, a, a little offshoot of that question. So let's just say this, if a shoot broke out and I know the answer, cause he gave questions and I actually feel like I know the answer to this already, but <laughs> if a shoot broke out with the crowd and you had to f- fight your way back to the locker room, Mm-hmm. Which former partner would you choose? Now, hearing the Nore Havoc story, uh, it changes my, my answer maybe a little bit. But he, he says, Jamie, Brian Lee, Flash, Damien, or Sin? <laughs> Brian Lee. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to clean house like that dude. <laughs> yeah. I was impressed by Jamie. I mean, maybe not the... Uh, the. Well, Jamie's always had my back, man. Anytime anything's went down, he's always had my back. I've always had his. It's, you know, kind of the... Right. Back, you know? Maybe other than the expletives or whatever, but uh, yeah colorful words let's just say that but yeah brian lee's the no doubt choice right there i mean you know you i gotta imagine sin would have your back obviously sin's gonna angry would have my back but yeah damien flash they're gonna have your back but brian lee's gonna have your front (laughs) he's he's the street sweeper The killdozer, baby. Yeah, the killdozer. I love it. He, yeah, man, that's one guy. I, I think about getting on here, man. I just hope we can do it eventually one day. So if he hasn't just wiped the business out of his brain, so I feel like that's kind of the deal. Yeah, yeah. What do I do to these guys? You know, I don't know, Wolfie D. I mean, <laughs> we've. We've been tag team partners now for 94 episodes or 93. I, I haven't figured that one out yet. I mean, so we'll we'll see the next hundred. Y'all need to start paying us some money for this stuff, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> this first hundred's been rough. We're starving over here. Anyway. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding, y'all. We love you. Anyway, that's it for today, Wolfie D. Let's go ahead and wrap it up if you want. Well, wrap it up. I'll take it. Um, (laughs) Been a fun episode with old Bruno. And uh, let's see who we can get next week. If anybody, we may do another uh, top 10 or uh, something like that that we ain't done in a minute. But we'll figure it out like we always do. And hopefully put out a good show for you again next week. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And Jimmy was not kidding. Please send us money. All right. (laughs) We love you. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good night. And now a word from our sponsor. 
gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. Hey everyone, this is Shane from Insane Shane's World. I release wrestling figures of enhancement talent, mid-card wrestlers, and wrestlers that you never thought would have a figure available. So if you are interested in adding a really cool and rare figure to your collection, then don't hesitate to contact me at shamtheman73 at gmail.com. That's S-H-A-M, the man 73 at gmail.com. You can also join my Facebook group. Just search Insane Shane's World. If you're a fan of rock music, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast. It's called the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been doing it for about 10 years now. We talk about Kiss. We talk about Ozzy. We talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica. We talk about all the legends from the 60s and on up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio. It's Decibel Geek. Wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact 
contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cap for you, don't. He got a cap for you, don't. I got a cap for you, don't. He got a cap for you, don't. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still loving it in color. Blum rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap. I like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD. And I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Tired of suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip-hop Been doing it like this since 92 Played low for a while and you thought I was through Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great Cause I'm bringing more folks from over one for later Not here to play games, so you better beware You don't like me, so what? I really don't care Like time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped You suck a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped When I finish, I'll straight knock you out Please allow me to tell you what it's all about Gonna wind it up and I'm driving it home, it's Wolfie D, baby. Huh. I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.